open them up to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. I know it's disappointing when we stop praise and worship. I get it. But don't let your expectation go out the window. Amen. People can get healed, delivered, and everything when the Word of God's coming forth. Amen. Acts 11, 21 through 23, I'm going to start with. Hallelujah. And the hand of the Lord was upon them, and and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and he had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them that with, underline it, that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Now, turn with me to Daniel 1.8. Daniel 1.8. Daniel 1.8, just one verse I want to read here. It says, but Daniel, underline it, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Today, I want to talk about this. Are you ready? On purpose, Christianity. On purpose, Christianity. I'm talking about living the Christian life with purpose, with vision. Because the word purpose, listen to this, how it's defined. The word purpose is defined as a result which is desired to obtain. Or deliberately, willpower, intentionally. So to have purpose then, it means there must be a goal. There must be a purpose. Amen? Everything we do as a Christian should be done on purpose. You know, you didn't stumble and become a Christian. You didn't stumble into the Christian life by accident. You know that, right? It was an on-purpose thing. You heard the Word, and you, you heard about Jesus, and you said, I want to receive Him as my Lord and Savior. Amen? So, you know, they made an on-purpose choice to believe the Gospel and to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. So... The day that you got saved, listen to this. The day that you got born again was the day that purpose entered your life. Okay? Before that, there really was no real purpose. There really was no focus. There really was no goal for your life. Because only Jesus can fill that vacuum on the inside of a person. Amen? Now, here we go. Let's, let's get down. Let the rubber hit the road. It's easy, however, as a Christian to lose sight of your purpose, right? Especially when the spiritual attacks begin to come at your life. Amen? The end zone uh, or goal of our life can begin to grow dim through the tough times. Anybody been there? Anybody breathing in here? Let's break that down even more. The goal that we should be aiming for, that we should, we should be aiming for in a normal day, gets foggy and blurred. 
See, with all the responsibilities in our life, with family, with job and everything else, it's easy to let hours, it's easy to let the days, it's easy to let the weeks just go by without thinking about our purpose. And when you finally realize how much time has passed without doing that, doing things without an eternal value, then it breaks your heart, doesn't it? Isn't it amazing how fast time goes by? It's just unbelievable. I look at my kids. I mean, really? I got a 21-year-old? I got an 18-year-old? Right? I mean, it's like, what? Where did time go? I feel like I just graduated high school. (laughs) Okay. All All right. Thank you. I look like it, too. She said, thank you, wife. Now, see, she has skin in the game, so she's got to say that to me. All right, now listen. (laughs) So today I want to help to slow down. I want to help to slow you down and refocus your spiritual vision in a few areas of your Christian life. I believe this will help you to get back on track spiritually, amen? So I'm talking about the, the title of this message is On Purpose Christianity. Let's jump in. So Satan and evil spirits, they want to divert us, divert, distract us, from on-purpose Christianity. They want us to stay so busy that we will neglect the things that really matter in life. It's when we lose sight of that purpose in our life, that's when depression and hopelessness come in and begins to overtake us. I'm telling you right now, you ask anyone, anyone who is, has depression now or who had it in the past, it's, it, it's a feeling of hopelessness, and they feel like, I don't know what my purpose is. But when that purpose comes, that focus comes back, that depression is gone. Yay! Amen? The Word of God says in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, it says, where there is no revelation, where there's no vision, that means purpose, where there's no purpose, the people perish and cast off restraint. That's when you lose sight of your purpose. That's when people start to backslide. They say, what's this good for? What am I doing this for? They lost track of their purpose. Purpose is what keeps us moving in life. Purpose is what motivates us to even obey God. Think about that. If you lose track of your purpose, guess what? You're always going to tend to the flesh. You're going to run to that bar. You're going to run to those friends that are no good for you. Are you following me? Oh, it got mighty quiet on that one. Right when we wake up in the morning, before our feet hit the floor, we need to purpose in our heart that we will be used by the Lord, that we are going to keep the Lord in our thought life for the day. And we are going to bring glory to Him in everything we think, say, and do. Think, say, and do. Amen? Along with prayer and reading the Word before you start your day, I want to encourage you to do something. Take a little note card and write something out. Put it on the side of your bed. And when you wake up, I want you to verbally speak it and read it. Something like this. Today, I purpose in my heart to represent my my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, everywhere I go. Today, I purpose in my heart not to defile myself with sin and with anything that would pull me away from Jesus. Today I purpose in my heart to walk in love toward every person I come in contact with. Today I purpose in my heart to destroy Satan's kingdom and advance the kingdom of God everywhere I go. 
Something that simple can get your thinking back in line and it sets the track of your whole day. Read and confess that out loud before you get out of bed. Because James 3, 4 says that our tongue is like a rudder on a ship and it steers the ship. Have you ever, have you ever woke up in, in such a negative environment? You were negative and you're speaking negatively and your whole day is a wreck. That's because your rudder was putting you in that direction. The rudder of the words that you speak. So when you get up and you start to speak positive, faith-filled confessions, it's going to take you down the right path. Amen? See, Daniel, oh, I love it. Daniel 1.8, the word said that Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. Daniel made a conscious, on-purpose decision to avoid anything that's not pleasing to God. Daniel had to, I love it, had to purpose that every day in his heart. It's, it's an everyday thing. Amen? No, no more of just these blanket prayers. Lord, just bless me my whole life and blah, blah, blah. And then you move on and you forget about him. No, it has to be an everyday, conscious, on-purpose effort. Amen? See, Daniel was human just like us. You don't think he had temptation coming his way? You don't think he had a busy life? Come on. Come on. Amen? But he purposed in his heart. He, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, remember, your imagination is connected to your heart. When you get up in the morning, start using your imagination a little bit, how you want your day to go. Oh, come on, somebody. Instead of letting that negativity, instead of you seeing in your imagination negative things, blah, 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 start picturing what you want and how you want it to go. Purpose it in your heart. Amen? So Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, but he was on guard and he came against the enemy with the written word of God. I love this. Psalm 119.11 says this. It says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Start picturing in your imagination of you being a doer of the word. See, what, you, know what happened? you know why people are so good at sinning and backsliding? Because they're picturing themselves backsliding. Oh, you didn't hear that. Right? What are backsliders always thinking about? Sinning. Right? You've got a backslidden guy. What do you think? He's thinking about women. I, it, it, can we talk real in this building today? And then that imagination leads to actions that lead to that thing. Are you following me? So your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So hiding the word in your heart, picturing yourself doing the word, is going to keep you from sinning. You must position yourself to get the word of God in your heart. Read it. Study it. Attend a church on a regular basis that's preaching and teaching the Word of God. Amen? Those things must be done on purpose. You've got to position yourself. If you want to go get an oil change at a place, you've got to position your car to get it cha- that oil change in that place. You can't just sit home and sit in your driveway and say, Oh, I want the oil change. Oil be changed. Uh, no, no. no, you've got to actually do something. You've got to move it. Amazing, isn't it? You've got to position yourself. Amen. 
Boy, 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 Longhorn Steakhouse sounds real good. Oh, be filled with... No, you got to position yourself to go eat it there. See, just like you to get the word in you, you got to position yourself to get the word in you. Now, look at Acts 17. Start talking about food and everyone relates. Now, here we go. Acts 17. Hallelujah. <laughs> Acts 17. Uh, 10 and 11, let's take a look at here. Oh, I love the word. Amen. It's so good. And remember, God is not just out being a control freak. He wants you to, uh, you know, he wants to bless you. He wants to stay in the blessing zone. B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. If you want to know how to be blessed, you've got to open the instruction manual that from our creator. Amen. Now, look at this, Acts 17, 10 through 11. It says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness, listen, and search the scriptures eh, once in a while. Oh, oh, what is it? Oh, uh, search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So this passage compares the Jews that were in Thessalonica and those Jews that were in Berea, where Paul preached the word of God to. And it says those that were in Berea, say Berea. Berea. They were more fair-minded. Which means, I like what the King James says. It says they're more noble. I like that. Amen? But here's why. So they were, they were more noble and fair-minded for two things. Number one, those in Berea, they received the word of God with readiness. What does that mean? They were hungry and willing to hear the word of God. Number two, those in Berea search the scriptures daily, every day, to find out whether those things were so that Paul was preaching. How many times do we just sit back and we let the minister do all the work? Now, listen, I love preaching the word. I love feeding you the word of God. I love it. I'm not complaining there. All I'm saying is you need to personally do it yourself as well. And I'm sorry to tell you this. Guess what? I'm just a man. I'm, I'm not infallible. Ask my wife. Okay? Listen. Okay, sit down now. Sit down. Order. Order. Order in this house. Huh. But think about it. God, in the Word of God... It's okay to laugh in church if you're a visitor, by the way. It's okay. Listen, here's the deal. Okay, so listen. God said those in Berea that they were more noble. This is God. This is the, the Holy Ghost put that in there. Are you following me? So if you want to be more noble, if you want to be more fair-minded in the mind of God, come on, somebody. You need to receive the word with readiness. There needs to be a hunger. There needs to be a desire for the word of God, number one. Number two, you need to search the scriptures daily. Now, God knows you have other responsibilities in life, right? 
Don't think just because you're not spending eight hours in the Word that you're not saved or going to heaven. We're not saying that. But the more time you do spend in the Word, the more time it's going to impact your life. The more of the supernatural power of God you're going to walk in. So, you know, it just got how much of the power of God do you want in your life? Right? How much do you want in your life? That's what it comes down to. One of the words I believe spoke about that today. How much, how much of him do you want, right? So, um, you know, when I preach something, go and search it for yourself, you know. On, on, on uh, the YouTube website and, and stuff, we do put all the scriptures. When you go to my sermons, uh, Silas puts all the scriptures down. So you, throughout the week, just kind of study it for yourself. And let the Holy Spirit give you more revelation of what I'm preaching. Because, I mean, I'm only up here, what, 45 minutes to an hour, but the Holy Spirit can, can expand it even more to you. Now go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, let's take a look at here. I'm talking about on-purpose Christianity. Everything has to be done on purpose. You're not going to stumble into the blessings of God. It must be done intentionally on purpose. Therefore, since Christ suffered, underline it, for us. Do you ever notice, isn't it amazing how one word changes the whole meaning? Therefore, since Christ suffered with, it doesn't say with, it says for. There's a benefit of his suffering for us. Amen. In the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind or same thought process, same readiness of mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of uh, for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Notice there's a difference between the lust or desires of people and the will of God. There's a difference. You see how it differentiated it there? Okay, that's where our desires have to line up with his desire. Verse 3. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. Listen to this. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties. Oh, someone, come on now, listen. Drinking parties and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it's strange that you don't run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel or good news was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to the God in the Spirit. Now, so listen to this. So Christ suffered. I, I just When I read that this week, it ju- that word for jumped out. Like there's some benefits here from Christ's sufferings for us. Amen? In Christ, we're overcomers, right? I said in Christ. Not in James. In Christ. Not in Marianne. In Christ. Are you following me? Okay, so this passage of Scripture is telling us as Christians to arm ourselves with that same mind and purpose. Say purpose. That Jesus had when he walked this earth. He avoided things like that because he had a purpose. He had a goal. Amen? Not to live according to the flesh or sin, but to live in the will and purpose of God for your life. Now, Notice, it says that people you used to hang out with, 
Well, let's camp out on that a minute. (laughs) Know what that's talking about? Your inner circle. Now, we know we all have to work with people that aren't serving the Lord. Are you following me? We know this. We're, we're, We're in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Are you following me? So this is talking about people that are in your inner circle that are influencing you. So notice it says the people you used to hang out with. There's some people you need to cut off in your life. Are you following me? There's some people that are dragging you down and you need to just cut them out of your life. Amen? The key, and and they're going to think that it's strange that you're not living that life of sin like you used to. Have you found that out? Has that happened to anyone yet? Someone, some of your old friends are like, wow, you sure are different. You know, what, what's going on with you? You know, almost like they're disappointed, right? Like, like especially some family members in the past, right? Like, like, you know, you used to hang out at parties. You used to you know, get drunk with them and all that, right? And now you're born again and not doing that. And now they're really sad that you're not getting drunk with them. They're really sad that you're not on your way to hell. It's a sad, sad story. They're really sad about that. But they don't understand. Are you following me? This must be done on purpose in your life. You need to purposely cut some people out of your life. Amen? Sow seed in their life. Pray for them. Right? But as far as them in your inner circle and affecting you, nope, nope, nope. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13. The Bible's very clear that people, you know, that you used to hang out with, if you, you're hanging out with the wrong people, it's going to negatively affect you. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just going into the bar to minister to people, right? <laughs> you are a raging alcoholic before getting saved. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> we got to use wisdom in the body of Christ. Are you following me? Stand outside the bar, get them in the parking lot. Amen? Now, my goodness. You see, the devil just uses things to twist things in people's minds, right? Come on now. Listen, Romans 13, 13 through 14. It says, let us walk properly. There is a proper way to walk as a follower of Jesus Christ. And that must be done on purpose. Say proper. Let us walk properly as in the day, but not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You know, what comes to me is it's it's so cliche, but it's it's true. What would Jesus do? Always ask yourself that. What would Jesus do? Amen. If Jesus wouldn't do it, don't do it. If you would feel uncomfortable taking Jesus along as a bud, don't go there. Don't do it. Right? So put on the Lord Jesus Christ means this. To submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every area of your life. 
See, so many Christians compartmentalize their life. Well, I got church, I got my job, I got my family. No, no, no. It's supposed to be like this. God wants to be a part of every part of your life. He needs to influence every part of your life. And if he's not, you're backslidden. There's a problem. Are you following me? And then it goes on to say, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Okay? So do you know don't watch, don't don't do, don't watch anything that would stir up those sinful desires on the inside of you. Again, be careful who you're hanging out with, right? Well, Pastor, me and my wife, we watch porn a little bit. You know what all you're doing is? You're stirring up a spirit of adultery. You're stirring up a spirit of adultery, a spirit of lust. My goodness, you have that much problems. Come on, somebody. Are you, right, oh, it's getting right, real quiet in here. Are you following me? Get the junk out. You're not going to be healed. You're not going to be set free by letting the devil into your marriage. That's all it's doing. You're letting the devil into your marriage, right? I mean, does that really make you feel good too? Your husband watching another woman, your, your, your wife watching another man. Are you following me? Twisted, twisted, twisted. Now listen, if you have an addiction to a specific sin, you must break the cycle. You need to break that fleshly and demonic cycle out of your life. All right? Jesus put it this way. He said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. For it's better for you to enter life maimed than to continue to sin and go to hell with everything intact. Now, I recommend you just make some changes before cutting a hand off. (laughs) But Jesus was just making the point that eternity is forever. Sin has pleasure for what? A season. A season. But guess what? Eventually, that season ends. Eventually, fall ends and it goes into winter. Are you following me? So Jesus is really saying, whatever is tempting and leading you to sin, just get rid of it. Get rid of that stumbling block. Quit making provision to sin. That's what he's saying. If it's the internet, get rid of the internet. If it's your friends, get new friends. If it's your job, get a new job. Are you following me? It all comes down to one thing. How much do you love God and how much do you hate sin? And they're all proportional. It's proportional. When one moves, the other moves. You can't say I love God and love sin. Nope, nope, they're proportional. Are you following me? So don't put yourself in a position to make it easy to sin. Don't give the devil a stick to beat you with. Don't give the devil a stick to beat you with. Are you following? Now go with me to 1 Peter 5.8. 1 Peter 5.8. Think about that. Who would do that? In their sane mind. They're just, you're just not thinking. There's a lack of focus there. You're not even thinking straight, right? Well, that's what my job is, to try to get you to start thinking straight again. Amen? 1 Peter 5.8, and it says, Be sober, be vigilant, 
Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he, underline it, may devour. May. Look at the wording here. Be sober. Be vigilant. Now, a drunk person's senses are dulled. Anyone ever been drunk in here before? Right? I mean, let, let's think about this. Right? A, a drunk person's senses are dulled. They can't think straight. There's, an, a la, there's a lack of awareness. There's a lack of focus. That's why drunk people do dumb things. They do things that are totally out of character for the, Right? Their inhibitions are just gone. Right? The, the most quiet and shy person. They get lit and it's just a whole new person. Probably because it lowers their inhibitions so much it lets the demons operate through them. In other words, listen. So... You know, their purpose is blurry. They stumble, right? In other words, live an on-purpose Christian life that will not open any doors to the devil or evil spirits. That's what this is saying. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, come on, live life with clarity of purpose. That's what this verse is saying. Have some focus on your life. Do things on purpose for the Lord. Amen? Be watchful. Keep your spiritual discernment and sensitivity sharp and effective. Don't willingly allow yourself to be an open target for Satan and evil spirits. All right? Now, a drunk person, a drunken, confused person may be so far gone that they might run outside uncovered. Are you following me? When a Christian is not being sober or vigilant. They go out without the armor of God. Are you following me on this one? They go out without the armor of God. They're uncovered. In a spiritual sense, many Christians are walking without their spiritual armor on, Ephesians 6, because they're clueless. They're spiritually drunken and not vigilant. Okay? There's a confusion. There's a perversion. There's a twistedness. They're not thinking straight. Amen? So to be sober and vigilant, we must consciously be alert for the enemy's traps and devices. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that we ought not be ignorant of Satan's devices. But if you're going to walk around not being sober or vigilant, you're going to walk around not thinking that the enemy is out to get you. And eventually you're going to fall into that trap. At the baby shower, I was told there was a game played that you, got to, you had to talk to a person and you had to get them to say the word baby. And if they did, you, took, you got to take their duck or something, right? So, yeah. So, oh baby. So, that's what the enemy is always trying to get you to do. He's trying to put a confusion on you. He's trying to get a confusion on you so you will willingly give your authority to Him in your life. Are you following me? The devil is seeking whom he may devour. May, may, may. He, just, you know, he can't just devour anyone. Are you following me? 
He can't just do it. Listen, if the devil could kill you, he would have done it by now. Are you following me? If the devil could take you out without your help, he would have done it by now. But the fact is he can't. He needs your authority. He needs your help to give him that. Remember, so the devil and demons in the kingdom of darkness, they don't have authority anymore, but they do have power. But your authority as a Christian is greater than the enemy's power. Amen? That door, by the way, to the enemy, listen to this. That door can be opened by you doing something or you not doing something. And that's where the Holy Spirit really needs to help us. That's where you need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Many Christians think that simply committing an act of sin opens the door to the devil. But what about not doing something that you should be doing? What about how the Holy Spirit's telling you to go do something, to stay in the will of God, and you refuse to do it? You open, your, your, you open up your life to the enemy. Amen? These, listen, these are called the sins of commission, where you do something to sin. The sin of commission means you willingly do something to sin. And then there's the sin of omission, where you don't do something in sin. Bless you. Uh, listen, the sin of omission is referred to in James 4.17. Listen to this, where it says, To him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So sin is, is not only actively committing an evil deed, but it's also, also passively failing to do what God is telling you to do on a personal level. Are you following me? My goodness. That's powerful when you think about it. So one area that we need to be sober and vigilant about is the words that come out of our mouth. Amen? We must be conscious of what words we allow to come out of our mouth. Because words, listen to this. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You ready for this? He said words must be released with purpose. Words must be released with purpose. Because Jesus said that we would be judged for every, what? Idle word. Every idle word. In other words, the words you release without purpose, you're opening the door to the enemy. Are you following me? Every word that comes out of our mouth, there needs to be purpose to it. Amen? When we aren't releasing words with a holy purpose, we can set many things on fire in our life. That's why some, some lives are a dumpster fire right now. Because you're releasing the fire of the tongue on your life. Some Christians don't think before they speak. They're spiritually drunk. And not in a good way. Are you following me? They're not being sober. They're not being vigilant. Amen? Half the battle in our life is knowing the source of the attack and knowing the attacks or the tactics of the enemy. Just know this. Just know this, that anything that pulls you away from your Heavenly Father, anything that pulls you away from Jesus Christ is the will of the enemy. James 4, 7 says this, Submit to God, resist the devil, 
and he will flee from you. Now, I want you to notice this. You ready for this? I want you to notice that we can only resist the devil when we first submit to God and his word. In fact, listen, the Holy Ghost went even deeper. It's very simple. When you're submitting to God, you're resisting the devil. Many Christians think that resisting the devil is just simply yelling and screaming at him in anger. No, no, no. We are actively resisting the devil when we willingly submit to to God and his word. Amen? I mean, go ahead, be angry and yell at the devil for all I care. I mean, go ahead. But it better be backed up with actions, holy actions. Amen? It better be backed up by submitting to God or those are just empty or idle words. Now, so we must bow. B-O-W. Write this down. Don't ever forget this. B-O-W. We must bow to Jesus, believe, obey, and worship. Believe, obey, and worship. We need to bow to Jesus. Amen. Now, look at 1 Peter 5 again. Now, I'm going to take verse 8, and we're going to stretch it a little bit more, all right? Look at this. So be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, resist Satan, it says. It says resist him by being steadfast in the faith. Say steadfast in the faith. That means submitting to God, submitting to the Word of God. How do, how do I resist the devil? By staying within the boundaries of the Word of God. Amen. Staying in the faith. Amen? What the Bible teaches. It, it means you're not caving into the temptation or the pressure of the kingdom of darkness or this world to sin. Everything we need to know and have victory over the enemy is in the written Word of God. Did you know that? Everything we know. And then the Holy Spirit, when you're going through a situation, that's when the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance a stone to throw at that giant. You following me? The Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit will bring a scripture for you to stand on, believe, and speak out against the enemy. That's how, that's how Jesus came against Satan. Amen? That is why Satan and evil spirits fight so hard to distract you, distract your purpose from reading and studying the Word of God. Because the enemy knows, he knows how powerful the written Word of God is. And that's why they try everything they can do to keep it out of our schools, keep it out of Washington, D.C. Come on. Anywhere where it has influence over people. Any place on this earth that has influence over people, you better believe the fingerprints of the enemy are all over trying to keep this word out. And the Ten, the ten Commandments. Remember in the past, courthouses, left and right, Ten Commandments going out. Why? Because he's trying to take absolute cell. Because when someone reads the Ten Commandments, when you read the Word of God, it softens your conscience. It makes you think twice. But these individuals in D.C., come on, right? What they're trying to do is they're trying to take absolutes away. So they're, they're trying to cause mass chaos. They don't even know it, but they're being <laughs> influenced by demons. It's all demons. But 
they're still, they still have a responsibility because they're giving in to the influence of the demons. Amen. Come on, amen. All these people, Biden, all of them, they could right now make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. Right now. They're not robots. Just as easy as you made Jesus Lord of your life, Biden could do it right now in his personal life. And he would be received into the family of God. Are you following me? Now, that would be a man, he needs to make some changes in his personal life, though, in beliefs. Amen? That's why Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits, not by their confession. Not by what they say. There's got to be some action behind it. Are you following me? But every day we must purpose and settle it in our heart to stay steadfast in the faith and to resist the devil. It's a conscious decision that needs to be made. The the kingdom of darkness wants to keep you in this confusion. He wants to keep you wrapped up in the troubles at your workplace. Come on. He wants to keep you wrapped up and focused on something that doesn't even matter. In fact, that's what offense is. Say offense. It means worrying about something that doesn't mean a hill of beans in eternity. Come on. While we are resisting the devil, the Bible says that we need to know that the same sufferings, the same trials, the same warfare are being experienced by everyone. You know, I hear people sometimes say, am I the only one? Am I the only one getting warfare? Uh, No. No, no, no. The, the problem is you're just too wrapped up in yourself to see others going through the same thing. Right? I mean, let's just say it like it is, right? So in other words, every Christian is experiencing the same sufferings. You're not alone. This is, Ephesians calls it, a wrestling match. We are in a wrestling match with the kingdom of darkness. There's going to be some struggling going on, right? There's going to be some things where the enemy, he's going to try to stop you. He's going to try to hinder things. I I know this is not shouting material, but even the apostle Paul was hindered from going to a certain location because it said, Satan hindered me. Well, aren't you word? Yeah, I'm word of faith. And it says that in the Bible. My point is there's going to be trying times in your life. But stay focused on the goal. It said Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross and he stayed focused on his mission. Stay focused on your mission. Don't let the enemy throw you off course. Right? Don't be chasing the almighty dollar. Come on. What a distraction. Well, you're not going to take any of it. You're not going to. There's no U-Haul following a hearse. I've never seen a U-Haul follow a hearse. Now, we got to be responsible with what God has given us, and right? I, I get that. But don't be, fo- don't be greedy. Don't be focused on, on these things. If God's given you nice things, if he's given you money, use it for the glory of God and use everything you have, your home, everything. Use it for the kingdom of God. Amen. My last point I want to make, and we're out of here. We must make connections with unbelievers on purpose. We must make connections with unbelievers on purpose, right? As a Christian, listen, your workplace is no longer your job or just a paycheck. That is your ministry assignment from God. The devil has some of you fooled fooled into thinking that your job is just for a paycheck. Can you believe that? Uh, 
Why did I just feel like Mr. Miyagi there from Karate Kid? You know? where, where I gave a word of wisdom. Ah. Ah. Yes. Yes. Deep, deep truth, right? Listen, you, that is your assignment. That is absolutely your assignment. Oh, no. You are there to usher in the kingdom of God. You are anointed for that place to impact those people. And I, and I know that is why Christians that are in the secular workplace, listen, it, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to focus on, oh, this job stinks. Oh, my boss. No, no, no. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Amen? See, we need to connect with unbelievers with the purpose of introducing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. If leading an unbeliever to Jesus is not in your thought life at your job, it needs to be. Think about it. In other words, you need to always be ready. Because there is going to be that co-worker that's just going to all of a sudden just unload their whole life to you. Right? Uh, right? Anybody notice that at your It's just, you know what that is? That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. That's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And, and eventually someone's going to, they're, they're just going to start spilling. And, and that's, that's not where you go, okay, go back to work. We need to get to work. No, that's your opportunity to slow down and start ministering to those people. Start sowing good seeds from the word in them. You know, God loves you. You know, God has a better plan for you. God, are you following me? If you're not taking advantage of that opportunity, you're probably going to hear about it on Judgment Day. Think about that. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go to hell for that. I'm not saying that. But how many of you know we're going to have to give an account for opportunities that we have not taken advantage of for the kingdom? And, and this is our, all of our wake-up call. This is my wake-up call. This is your wake-up call. You watching, you listening online. This is all of our wake-up call that the Holy Spirit is saying, this is serious stuff now. Now we're dealing with people's eternal destinations. Amen? So, I, I, you know, the worst thing in a workplace is a Christian in a backslidden condition. I would rather people just keep their mouth shut. Don't even tell them you're a Christian. Right? Don't, 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 don't even tell them you're a Christian. Right? Just, just kind of, if you're blended in with the world, just, just keep to yourself. Don't drag Jesus through the mud. Are you following me? See, if you want to eat in the pig slop of the world, you go right ahead. Just don't drag others to hell with you with it. But we as Christians are not called to have a beer and hits of marijuana with an unbeliever. But we are called to live holy and separate from this world and to plant seeds that are going to lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So this is what I really wanted you to get from today's message. That everything, everything in the Christian life needs to be on purpose. Effort. It needs to be an on-purpose effort to bring glory to Jesus Christ. So don't lose sight of the fact that we are to grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father every day. And we are to destroy Satan's kingdom deliberately, intentionally, willingly, and on purpose by advancing the kingdom of God. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. On purpose Christianity. Prayer team, come on up. Hallelujah.
Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for straightening, straightening us out today. Lord, for the times that we have fallen into the trap of the enemy. We've fallen into that trap of greed. We've fallen into the trap of focusing on things that don't matter in this life. You're trying to center us back to what really matters, back to our purpose. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Come forward right now and just come to one of these prayer team members. And we want to pray with you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe there's someone in here, you're backslidden. You've fallen away. Maybe you're the ones that you're eating out of the pig slop at work. You're eating out of the pig slop in your life. And God says, come back home. Just just come back home. Why are you doing this? Right? Today's the day to come back to yourself, to come back to your senses, come back to your main purpose, and to rededicate your life with the Lord. If you need to rededicate, come forward and pray with them right now. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. It's not a Living Waters Chapel thing. It's not a Pentecostal or Charismatic thing or a Word of Faith thing. It is a Bible thing. It's a Bible experience. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses for Him. Amen? If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, come down this morning. You need prayer for anything else, all of you know. They will stay here as long as possible to meet your needs in prayer. Amen? Praise God. Well, visitors, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it today. And uh, we had a great time. Didn't we? That praise and worship was phenomenal. Amen? All right. Marianne and I were heading off to Los Angeles, California. And uh, I'm doing a revival meeting on Saturday night in Santa Ana. So keep that in prayer. And everything is normal. Everything is normal. All the events are on, baby. Amen? So come on back while the cat's away. Don't let the mice play, right? Or is that what... Oh, whatever. That's a surprise. Just show up. Okay. All right. I love you all. Have a great week. God bless you.